Brad Hort talks sci-fi and magicians. Welcome back to Phil Ring, folks. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another Pure Phantom Podcast. Brad and Court Talk. I'm Brad. And I'm Court. Welcome back to Fillory. And it's a magical, magical place Fillory is. Oh, not only Fillory, but, you know, everywhere else in the world. Yeah, Fillory, the underworld. We're all just a singing, happy group of people. I just love this episode. And, you know, being a huge Bowie fan, it was awesome. I have to say. It's amazing. Absolutely. Let me just Absolutely. get that out there right there. And Katie was awesome as well. Everybody was awesome. Everybody was awesome, but Katie, awesome. oh man, like Jade has some pipes. Yes. Was that her singing? I think that was her singing, right? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, cur- I'm kind of curious. I think it was. It may, could have been. Could have maybe not been. I don't know. Yeah. Now I kind of want her and our girl from Winona Earp to do a cabaret together. Oh, because remember? That yes. would be great. You remember the episode? Yeah, a crossover episode. <laughs> has to happen <laughs> so yeah that, okay next week we'll find out if that was actually them singing or not we'll we'll look into that stuff for the, during the off during this next week um yeah. but before we jump into all that just to remind everybody to check us out over at purephantom.com you can find our full playlist of recaps and interviews over there and also at soundcloud.com as well also, be sure to check out some of the other great writers over at Pure Fandom. If there's a show or movie you love, someone over there is writing something amazing about it. And Court, how can the good people reach us? Well, you can find me on Twitter at JenDev. He's Brad DB. Be sure to follow at Pure Fandom as well, just to keep up to date on the latest articles that have been posted. Also, check out Pure Fandom on Facebook. And B, do you know what else is on Facebook? Um, there is stuff for the Arnold Classic that happened this last weekend, where the mountain broke the world deadlift record of 1,041 pounds. See, all this time, I never knew what a deadlift was because when he lifted that sucker up, I was like, oh my God, he's going to hurt himself. He's going to break his knees. And I was like, wait a minute, he didn't lift it all the way up. And if you don't know what a deadlift is, well, it's when you're lifting a barbell off the ground in a deadlift. I posted a video over on the Brad and the Court Talk uh, Facebook page. So head on over there and take a look at it. It is really amazing. I deadlift. I only have to add like 600 and what, 70 some odd pounds to my deadlift to beat him. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> it's insane. Brad, the fact that you can deadlift whatever you can deadlift at this point. I've, I've seen like your your whole barbell thing that you've been doing. Yeah. Like I've seen the videos and the pictures. Like you have my admiration. Yes. Like I can barely do 40 pounds right now. Uh, my coach was actually at an invite at the Arnold Classic and he did – uh, 700 pounds, I believe. So 700, 800, one of hundred, but he did a lot. So he's, you know, he's awesome. But yeah, check that out. It's an insane amount of work. And especially if you were you're a Game of Thrones fan, because, you know, it's the mountain. And if you go back to the season where he had to fight off with, uh, I forget what the other king guy was, and he crushed his head. Yeah, he could probably just totally do that because he's holding over a thousand pounds with his hands. So there. Anyhow, that's what's on Facebook. What else is on Facebook? Well, you kind of said it because that's where you put the video. It's Brad and Court Talk Pure Fandom Podcast. As you can see, we talk about all kinds of stuff, TV shows, movies, deadlifting. It's all there. But there was a connection because the mountain, Game of Thrones. There you go. Also, uh, Van Helsing. We have uh, a group that's just all things Van Helsing. And I know uh, it's not really active a lot right now because the show is currently shooting. But the showrunner has the Twitter feed where he's been posting some cool behind-the-scenes scenes things. And for anyone that's not on Twitter right now, I've been posting the pictures within the Van Helsing group and anybody who wants to talk about anything. Like, I recently went back and started rewatching Jessica Jones. I also plan to do the same thing for Van Helsing season two. So as I do that, I'll be just posting different notes of different things. Awesome. 
Yeah, and I, and I couldn't help but throw the video up there because of the mountain. And last week, you know, we had Penny giving everybody in the underworld an update of what happened on Game of Thrones. <laughs> so, Absolutely. There are always connections with this show. The show loves its PC pop culture. It is, and it is it. all over the place. So what was this episode about? Well, this episode was 309, All That Josh. All That Jazz. All That Josh. All yeah. That Josh. So um, our boy Josh has been a little, feeling a little left out because you know how when he came back this season, you were all excited. You were like, oh, my God, Josh is kind of a regular now. We're going to see him a lot. And we haven't really. He kind of got abandoned by the guys, apparently, and he texted them, but never heard anything back from anybody except for Julia. Julia was a good girl. And he felt a certain way, but it was okay because he got caught up with a demon who was drinking the Josh juice, basically. Mm-hmm. And all that joy that Josh is known for, the demon loved it. So, of course, Katie and company, they got pulled in along with him and all things were musical and fun and beautiful from there on out. Well, some deadly things happened too, but it was an awesome episode. It uh, was all that Josh, the musical. My favorite thing about it, he's complaining about no one calls him back or no one did anything. And Julia's like, you never called me back. He's like, oh yeah, I totally didn't. <laughs> it's, right. He does the same exact thing. I'm like, come on. Right. Like we, we see how you are. You were looking for Katie or one of the other people to call you back. You weren't looking for our girl Jules who cared about you, who showed you some really cool smoke rings. Exactly. So now starting off the episode, we know that Katie knows that the mirror shattered and she's convinced everybody's gone, which I think we are too. They're kind of lost in limbo. I'm hoping Harriet yeah. makes it out, but we'll see. But Alice is also really curious about the fourth key. And she's asking. Well, she's curious about the fourth key and also the book. But right now, uh, Hugh and Katie are very suspicious of her. Like we, well, like I was last week. Like I'm not riding the Alice train right this second. I want to know exactly what it is she's up to. And Hugh's smart enough not to give her the book because she doesn't need to have it. He's, you know. But he ends up caving, and because she says it's musical notes and tries to play the piano, but her co- uh, her uh, keys off. So Katie jumps in and plays it correctly. Next thing you know, they end up in Josh Partyland, the music video. Where all I the- think it was a very cool surprise that because um, Alice has been multi talented since the show started. Like she's been good at everything she's done, but she can't quite carry a note which was really cool. And then the surprise, Katie, like she was the performer. She was amazing. Right. Yeah. In, in Josh land, all the clocks say 420 and there's no door, no big surprise. Barely. And magic is in Josh land, but only party magic, which they come to find out. Cause you know, back in the real world, Julia and Finn show up back at the uh, house and there's no one there. Finn is really against helping out the fairies because you know, all fairies are evil and they killed her child. Understandable. Very understandable. Elliot and Margot got trialed by Wombat. <laughs> I thought it was the sloth that was doing it, but, but apparently it was a Wombat, so who knew? And they had to choose their own death, which, you know, they decided to choose the infinite waterfall where they would plummet through freezing water against walls of razor rocks where they can either bleed out or drown or, if they're lucky, starve to death. That darn tick. Yeah. Like he was not a servant after all. No, no, he wasn't. No, he even had the evil laugh thing going on. Look, we'll just we'll just go in linear mode for this one and just get back to tick here when we get there. Back in Josh Partyland, 
Alice can't is trying to use a locator spell, but they can't figure out where they are because the only that's where she figures out the only magic horse there is the party tricks. When they decide they want to go, the disrupting of the party brings out the worst in the party guests that attack Katie and Q. What did you think about Alice's rescue there with the birthday song? Oh my God, Alice and the birthday song. First up, I love that they they chose the happy birthday song because like who does that? Also, royalties come on people. Um, I, I had questions about the the demon guy. At first, I was wondering if it was our guy from the last party that Josh went to. Um, remember the god? Right. The, the god of wine. I can't remember his Greek and Roman name right now. Um, but apparently, I wasn't. It was just a straight up demon who was siphoning off of Josh's, Josh's joy, basically. And I wondered about the people who were around him. Were there other people that he had trapped in that world, too, who he had siphoned off of, do you think? I think because they all disappeared at the end, uh, spoiler, but I think they were not real people. I think they were just in the party land. So Josh was in there, and because he likes the parties, they had to put people in there. So they okay. were just not real. They were just uh, part of the party magic. Gotcha. Because they certainly turned on a dime. Like whenever there was some kind of issue or everybody kind of got out of the party mood and started fighting, like they were like, okay, come on, let's bring it back. Let's roll it back. Right. Yeah, they, they kind of took over everything, but yeah. I, I like the way they did the, the music, though. I thought it was going to be something like what Buffy did with the Buffy musical where everything was in song. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like because of um, the substance of the episode. Like, I don't think they could have sung everything. And I like that they're, they're what the, the song choices were. They had um, a happy birthday song, the cabaret song, and then the Bowie song at the end, which was amazing and it pulled everybody together. Right. Like, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I, I thought they did a really good job with the song choices. And again, this was a, a unique approach to this like again we've seen different shows do musicals but like it, it had the very magician's personality to it if that makes sense definitely it, it all kind of came together as they were doing it uh julia went back to irene's with the key so she could see the fairy sky now that she's uh-huh. key to convince her that fairies can do magic and she tries to teach her how to do it so i the this whole how things are jumping around on this episode i was like Wondering because they usually have more of a break to it, but it all started to make sense the farther along we got. Yeah. And as they're trying to get Josh, Katie breaks into singing, uh, what was it, Katmandu? Yes. Followed by her little strip tease, followed by the ventriloquist act to get out of the room. She got it from her mama. Yeah, she did. So they have Josh up in the uh, room. They got him all tied up and trying to convince him that magic isn't back. And he's like, yes, it is. And he's like, well, just get out of the ropes. And he finally realizes that, yeah, just party magic works, nothing else. Yeah, but then he decides, like, I don't want to leave. Why would I want to leave? You guys don't care anything about me. Well, exactly. And that's the whole thing, because they don't. Well, they do, but they... they, they do, because they could have gotten away, but they went back for him. Right, and they wanted he wanted to be on the quest. The biggest thing is he just wanted to fit in, and the whole they brought. I love the fact that he brought up the fact that they he ditched him in Fillory, and he's like, "Hey, that was life or death, man." <laughs> got to do it. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do life or death. No, got to do got to do what I got to do. On the uh, like, has he um, seen that Poppy's there yet? I can't remember. No, they have not. He met, and we don't know what happened to Poppy. Where'd she disappear off to? Well, yeah, she took off because she knew there were issues happening in the whole Mara thing, and she didn't trust Alice either. But where did she end up going? You think she's going to come back again? Oh, yeah. She's definitely coming back. 
Like, we are not done with Felicia Day. And I almost wish she had been in this episode. Like, she would have been a cool addition to the whole musical thing. But the other part of it, I like that we actually got everybody kind of, sort of, in the same room together. Not really in the same room. But they actually got to all be together and talk. Right. During that moment, they had the unity key. Yeah, that was... Because at this point, like, everybody, everybody's been kind of disconnected in some way throughout the season, right? Well, they've all, yeah, they've all been in separate locations, so it hasn't been really working out. Even now, the fact that Julia is trying to save Sky, I mean, she was out of the room when everybody else found the book. We got Mario and Elliot, who are tied up on the uh, uh, Mujak, and Tick is trying to convince it to, you know, take him to the waterfall and then stop so they can put him on a boat because he's been the ruler for the longest time. Uh, Apparently. Yeah, you know, the children of the earth are the worst and he's going to run Fillory like he did for years and take over everything and, yeah, that went interesting. Yeah, he's not to be trusted either way. But apparently, um, Mutt and Jack knows the same thing. Mutt and Jack is not a fan of Tick. And uh, he starts, or the boat starts to go towards the cliff. And um, I guess Tick, he gets off with his loyal followers. And he thinks that, okay, or they're going to die. We're good to go. It's fine. But apparently, Munjack likes Bowie and loves well, Margo. No, the, well, the whole thing about the Munjack is that I, this is the part that I really got me on this one. Margo was the one who saved her. Because remember yep. the other ship that was ready to just get its thing all on and, and take advantage of the, of the ship? And then that would, like they said before, all the other ships went into dry dock after that. Yeah, like that moment was foremost in my mind during that scene when Tick was talking about, okay, we're going to take these two out. We're just going to go towards the edge of the cliff. And you're going to help me kill them. You're on board with this, right, Mutton Jack? I was like, no, he's not. Mutton Jack loves Margo. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, because Margo's the only one who helped the ship and, and said, oh, no, you're not doing that to my ship because she's a person also. You know, it's a it's a fillery creature. So, Right, she has a choice. And she was the only one out of everybody who thought that way. I mean, because, you know, I think at one time Tick said something like, yeah, it happens. And right. didn't do anything and about of course, it. Like, Elliot knows. Like, the the ship loves Margot. Right. Everybody loves Margot. Yeah. Elliot loves Margot. Like, I love their relationship. They're friends, but they have that extra layer on top of it. We see that with a couple of people. Like, we saw that with Elliot and Q because they had that whole relationship during the years. <laughs> Right. We haven't really seen that much with Alice and Q because they've had separate issues going on. Well, they had it at the beginning when they both turned into what geese and flew away, but since then it's kind of gone down, and and even Q and Julia haven't really happened as much as it did before. Julia's all over the place a little bit, so her and Finn had a big thing this time, but even though Finn was totally against not showing Sky that she could actually do magic. But then she also throws in the whole fact that fairies don't do that magic hand thingy. They are magic, so they just produce it. Yeah, that was a really interesting catch. And I, I like that we are getting more of Finn. She's, very, she's an interesting character, and I like that we are seeing her beyond Fillory and able to see her, you know, mix it up with everybody else besides uh, Elliot and Margo. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just cool to see her. And she has a lot to offer, as we've seen. Like, she kind of is taking Katie's place with Julia for the moment. Right. Like nobody replaced Katie and Julia. Like that's its own relationship. Well, I just love the fact that Finn hasn't just disappeared or anything and she's still 
relevant to think. I, I you need to keep her in there because she is, you know, married to Elliot. It need to happen. It need yeah. to stay there. Yeah, she's married to Elliot, and I'm not completely convinced that their baby is dead. I'm not either. I'm. It's I. If it is, they still need to get Faye or Frey. Yeah, bring her yeah, back. They still need to get Frey, and um, like you said, like she's still dealing with issues. So of course, she's not completely trusting the fairies. Yeah. And like I'm, I'm yeah, I, I like that they had that connection with Sky. Like we'll see what she can possibly do, and maybe go up against the fairy queen. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Because uh-huh. again, I don't trust the fairy queen. Somebody is selling the fairy dust. Or just help them one of the two. Huh? Or just help them out one of the two. I mean, you know, do something there. We find something out that gonna... Josh, and once no one returned Josh's phone call, he went back to uh, Boss's place to party on, but he kind of got bored there. And that's where he ran into Todd, the demon Todd, who took him to Josh Partyland. Uh-huh. And, and is telling, he's, Josh is also telling about the fact that, you know, his brother even ditched him for a Bowie concert that he wanted to go to because Katie went to it. But yeah, Josh didn't get a chance to go because he was ditched like always happens. Uh-huh. But during this whole entire time, they find out that the key is in the piano because they picked the key of E, was it? I believe. I forgot which key they were talking about because uh, he had a thing for it. I should know that answer, but pff, it just blows my mind right now to think about it because I'm stuck on the do- Bowie on my mind. So once they find a key, they pull it out and they decide not to touch it because bad things happen when you touch keys. Until next thing you know, Katie's uh, ventriloquist act is done because Todd has figured out that she's not singing, and the crowd's coming to get them with the army. Uh huh. Saving the day, Josh comes out. Let's do the hustle, and they get the line going. <laughs> I was cracking up about that. It's like, do the hustle and then you're just done and gone. Okay, so they go ahead and they got the key open and everybody starts to listen to each other. Oh, actually, let me let me back that up a little bit. Okay, back on the butt, Jack, the, Elliot and uh, Margo have that moment where they tell each other they love her. Meanwhile, Julia is doing some magic with Skye and Skye's necklace shimmers and she kind of freezes but Julia's eyes went all glowy. Mm-hmm. She's like, I think I just leveled up. <laughs> so she froze Sky, and they have that moment of deciding that they're going to do David Bowie under pressure. I, you know, Q has his idea. Once they all touch the key, they're able to start hearing each other, which was the greatest part ever. Because all of a sudden they can hear Penny, and they can hear Elliot and Margot and Josh and everybody, and they start doing you know, under pressure by David Bowie. That was the perfect moment. Like, everybody had to join in, even uh, our, our boy, Penny, who did not want to sing. Not at all. And we see that Penny is putting books away, so he is hard at work at the library. Yeah, and now Katie knows for sure exactly where he is, because initially, she's like, we, we don't know what happened. Did he get stuck in the underworld? What's going on? Oh, exactly. They had no idea where he was, but then I know he's okay where he is at least, so... I always wondered if Finn couldn't hear anything. Was she really confused at why why Julia was singing under pressure? Um, probably not. Like she she had to know that they were connected. She was probably weirded out the whole about the whole thing with Julia's eyes anyway. Right. Well, Julia. But again, yeah, Julia's eyes. Oh, that made sense. Right, and Julia's eyes glow again, but when she brings Sky back. Yep. And then 
we're at the last moment where the Jack goes over the edge of the waterfall at the highlight of the song, and it was just beautiful. And yeah. it flew. Like, you knew that Jack was not going to kill Margo. I, you knew that, right? Well, I did. I knew exactly because it was going, it was on a path. It was doing something. And I was like, okay, it, it's there's a reason why it's not listen to tech. I figured it would, honestly, my whole theory was that Fillory was a flat world. (laughs) It was going to go out and go under and, you know, flip on the other side of Fillory or something like that. Yeah. Like the, because like the flat Fillory society was correct. It was a flat Fillory, but no, the Mudjack flies. I was not ready for the flying part. I wondered the closer it got to the falls. I, I wondered. And at that moment, I said, "Oh, it does love Margot also." It does. And Josh has his moment to sing. It was wonderful. And after all that's done, they finish it. They harmonize all everybody together. Amazing scene. Amazing singing. It was awesome. I enjoyed it so much. And then they can't hear anybody. And Todd's not Todd. And everybody's gone. And he kicks yeah, them out of the house. Hey, you've, you've learned what you need to learn. It was a test. You well, I'm Get curious at who set him up to wait for this. I have no idea. See, that's a good question. That's a one thing. Back at the house, you know, there's a new chapter in the book. Yeah, like we're on to the next chapter. And I think it said something about the seven, te- seven keys. So they're getting close. Right. I love Julia, though. Oh, my eyes glowed. Yeah, there's <laughs> that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in the middle of something really important, you guys. My eyes glowed, and I kind of brought somebody back from the dead. Yeah. It's, it's cool, though. Yeah, it's all it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> and they still don't trust Alice. Well, you can't trust Alice. No. I don't trust her. No. Like, she needs to start talking. Like, right. what are you trying to do? Definitely. All right. Well, you got anything else on this one? No, just stellar episode. We're getting that much closer to the end, though. I know. It's closing in on us. Yeah, but at least we know that there's definitely a season four coming our way. Well, if you aren't there already, head on over to purefandom.com and check out some of the other killer articles posted there. You can check out some of our older podcasts for uh, Butcher's Block, uh, Channel Zero, uh, Van Helsing, Winona Earp, 12 Monkeys, Riverdale, other shows that I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Um, There are also a lot of awesome writers over there putting out some amazing work. Yes, there are. And if you have any thoughts or comments about this episode, let us know in the comments section below or hit us up on the Twitter or Facebook page. Until next time, what's your favorite Bowie? Yes, let us know. Until That's it for this episode. Head on over to purefandom.com for more awesome content.